0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This piece was brought to you by
2: Roberta's.
3: Roberta'spizza.com Food and travel. They go hand in hand. And chances are, if you're a fan of Heritage Radio Network, you love them both. Between April 10th and 24th, we have six incredible food and travel experiences up for auction at CharityBuzz.com. Go on an underground food tour of New Orleans with a rocket scientist. Get your hands on VIP passes to Feast Portland, or enjoy a ranch-to-table experience in wine country. Four of the experiences include hotel stays at some of the most iconic properties across the country— including the newly reopened Hotel Claremont in Atlanta. Now's your chance to win the ultimate Bourbon and Beyond weekend in Lexington or take in a Latin food tour of New York's outer boroughs. You'll eat, drink, explore, and relax, all while supporting Heritage Radio Network. Help us keep the lights on and the mics hot. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash auction and bid now. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, the Communications Director here at Heritage Radio Network. And, as always, I'm joined by my host, Katie Mosman-Wadler, our Executive Director. Hi, Katie. Welcome! Welcome! Welcome. Um, I'm glad to hear that you're
2: sounding more like yourself this week.
3: Yes, yes. If you guys listened last week, uh, I was having some voice modulation problems. might have sounded a little like more you know, deep than normal. I think
4: it's the best you've ever sounded to be quite honest.
3: I mean, I think I sounded a lot better last week also. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to, uh, our alter egos for filling in for us last week, David and Hannah. You're welcome. Appreciate having you guys back.
2: (laughs) I I
4: still don't know what you're talking about, but whatever, (laughs) I'll take it. Uh
2: huh. Well, we're always glad to have you, David. And we have our wonderful Margaret Kelly joining us in the studio today as well. Welcome Margaret.
3: Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. (laughs) And as always, we already said David, but he's in the booth making us sound good. Yep. And making himself sound better. Oh, what a great audience. Getting <laughs> the what most a great applause audience. out Thank of you. all of us.
5: They're always time. so good to me. I don't yeah. get it, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll take you. it.
3: Um, so this is the last week of the HRN 2018 winter and like early spring season. No, it's winter. Bye, winter. It's definitely still goodbye, winter. winter. Bye, winter. Bye, forever. Maybe, <laughs> maybe winter was just waiting for us to finish our season and finally say goodbye. And at this point... Winter, you can go away. Thank you. Bye. So this is our season finale, and we don't have any guests in the studio today, but we are going to have a special call-in guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to share some of our highlights from this the year so far, and we have a few other announcements.
2: So that's right. We are um, really excited to be talking about a very special event next week, and we have a really special guest on the line. So we are talking about the second annual International Symposium on Bread, which is taking place uh, next weekend in Charlotte, April 26th through 28th. And we are delighted to have joining us by phone Peter Reinhart, who's the chef on assignment at Johnson and Wales University, where the symposium will take place. Peter, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much for being on the line today for HRN and Happy Hour. We're glad to have you back.
4: Yeah, thanks, Peter. I love bread. Feels like deja vu.
2: Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, in case anyone missed our coverage of the Bread Symposium last year, can you give uh, just a very uh, quick overview of what's going on with the symposium and who it's for?
6: Well, what we're trying to do is to bring together... Thought leaders from all the different segments of the bread world, because bread is a vast subject and it's controversial and it drives deep into our hearts and souls. And there's people that represent all facets, from you know the mass-produced bread to the artisan, uh, small batch breads. And everyone's trying to feed the world, and we want to get people in the same place to have stimulating conversations and to hear presentations by thoughtful people who have been doing research or you know, focusing on specific areas. So we have 10 speakers over two days, kind of like a a TED conference, so to speak, where they do short, incisive talks, and then we have conversation and discussion.
2: And what makes Johnson & Wales an amazing place to host the symposium?
6: Well, Johnson & Wales is, as some people know, the, the world's largest culinary school, and we have branches in Providence and Miami and Denver and in Charlotte, where I'm based, and what's one of the things that I, we take a lot of pride in is that we probably have the most decorated bread faculty of any institution in the world. We've got uh, a number of internationally known uh, bread bakers, award winners, authors, uh, a lot of published, you know, sort of bread experts. So it's become an area that that we've focused on And have attracted a really top-notch faculty to specifically you know teach this aspect of the culinary world in addition to everything else we cover we've just got a strong team so we felt like we were the the logical people to host a gathering like this uh it is a university it's not just a cooking school so we felt like you know nobody's doing anything in the academic sphere there's a lot of hands-on workshops on bread baking but nobody's really taking it on as an academic approach so this year not only are we doing the 10 presentations but we've added uh, a couple of hands-on workshops as follow-ups to the, the presentations one will be on sourdough and the other will be on working with heritage grains and sort of the new generation local grains sprouted grains things like that Uh, And these are sort of the future. In fact, that's the theme of the whole symposium is the future of bread.
5: Very cool.
3: Um, Peter, last year your very talented team of bakers made a really incredible sculpture out of bread. Can you describe what that was last year and if you're doing a similar one this year?
6: Yeah, it was really a... um a very sort of dynamic piece harry p miller is one of the my colleagues at the school he teaches he's kind of the lead bread instructor at the charlotte campus and he also represented the united states in the culinary bread olympics a few years ago there's a an event called the coupe du monde it's held every four years in paris and uh, and he his area was the decorative category so he created a bread sculpture for this for that event and uh, won a silver medal globally and then last year for the symposium uh, he contributed a, a custom-made piece that he did just for us. And it was because North Carolina is where the Wright brothers did their first flight, and the license plates in North Carolina always say first in flight. He used that as his inspiration, and he created kind of a tribute to the Wright's, Wright brothers uh, the idea in, in, a, in a big bread sculpture telling the story of how an idea went from a bicycle shop to a reality, and the whole thing was made out of bread dough. So there was like a bicycle made out of bread dough. The spokes were made with pasta. The The, uh, the bike was uh, kind of turned into and morphed into a, an airplane uh, as, as sort of the piece unfolded. And so uh, it, it appeared to be hovering in air. And uh, I think it became uh, almost an icon of last year's symposium. So he's decided to do another one this oh year. Oh, my God. Yeah. In fact, yeah. tomorrow so cool. he's going to be putting it all together. I'm going to be actually filming him tomorrow, uh, uh, assembling it, and we'll have it up and running by next week when everybody comes and begin because the North Carolina and Charlotte in particular is one of the homes of NASCAR. He's using the NASCAR theme as an inspiration, and he's built a race car out of bread dough oh that will, again, <laughs> be sort of hovering in air, you know, almost taking flight in its own right uh, and he says he's going to try to top last year's sculpture. We'll see.
2: I can't wait to see this, Peter. Last year, honestly, that was the first thing we saw when we walked into the auditorium. And it took my breath away. And it really appeared to defy gravity. And I know you guys had uh, <laughs> some additional challenges dealing with the varying humidity in the room. So maybe um, Harry will have some... Lessons learned and some uh, kind of new techniques this year too, so I, uh, I look forward to seeing that video. I hope that um, that will be available. Will it be on um, social media for Johnson and Wales?
6: Yeah,'re we're going you know, to live stream the, the entire event in terms of each of the talks. We'll, we'll stop you know during the in-between times, but we're going to show those. and uh, probably my guess is the camera will be focused on that, on that sculpture uh, during the in-between time. So mm-hmm. anybody who wants to live stream. I think you probably have the link on your site. But if, if, if you don't, I can, people can write to us and we'll give them the live stream link and they can watch it in real time. And then in, the, in a few months, probably in a month after the event, we'll have our YouTube channel. All the talks will be archived there permanently so people can see anything that they missed. Although we'd love to have them come because there's, there's no substitute for being there in the middle of all that sort of uh, dialogue and drama and energy And I have have to say, there was a lot of bread. And we'd love to have people come down for it.
2: Yeah, and and there was a lot of bread to be eaten, which it's very difficult to to listen to these sessions, I think, if you don't have some bread in your belly or in your hand. (laughs) Um, So I can really vouch for the importance of being there in person. Um, (laughs) And we will also be sharing those talks, of course, on our website. And we're really excited to have our team down there. Um, And just briefly, I wanted to touch on the keynote speaker, who is, of course, uh, a friend and a regular on Heritage Radio Network as well. You've got Nathan Miravold as the keynote this year. Is there uh, any special detail you can reveal about his talk?
6: Well, we're we're really excited to have Nathan. Last year, before the book, the big Modernist Bread book came out, we had his co-author, Francisco Magoya, uh, uh, as one of our presenters. But now that the book is out there and everybody's seen it, and it's pretty impressive, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to be able to get Nathan because he's got a pretty crazy schedule. In fact, he's leaving uh, right after his presentation. He'll be leaving to head to New York for the James Beard Awards, where the book's been nominated, uh, you know, as one as the bread book of the year or baking book of the year. So all things are going his way, and what he's going to talk about, and, and we're giving him the lead slot. We're calling it the keynote. Uh, and the title of his talk is Rethinking Bread. And uh, for anyone who's ever heard Nathan speak or read some of the articles about him, we know that he likes to sort of shatter myths, a little bit of an iconoclast. Uh, and so I think he's what he's going to do is talk about the things that his team learned during the four years that it took to put together the modernist breads Uh, I'll call it an encyclopedia, for lack of a better word, because it's five volumes that are very (laughs) meaty. Pretty much everything that you can think of about bread is in it. So he's going to share with us some of the things that they learned, and some of them may be quite surprising.
2: And Peter, will there be another book sale this year? Because that was something I really enjoyed uh, at the last symposium—was meeting all the authors of these bread books. I was very delighted to have you sign a copy of *The Bread Baker's Apprentice* for me. You won a James Beard Award and an IACP Award for that, and there are tons of other amazing, amazing bread books. Will they be available as well at JWU next weekend?
6: Yes, uh, our, our bookstore, the Johnson Wells Bookstore, is going to host a, a book table. Uh, this year in addition to Nathan and his books will actually that book will be available uh, not for people to carry away yeah, but <laughs> so if you pounds, can lift it you'll wow. be able to actually buy <laughs> uh, buy it with a signed book plate by Nathan mm-hmm. that they can and then the bu- the book will be shipped to them if they decide to buy it you know there at the symposium but uh, another author that's coming this year is Stanley Ginsburg who's written the book of uh, Rye Baker which is a fabulous sort of the book the, the, the book, the go-to book on everything having to do with rye. And so Stanley's going to be, in a sense, our capstone speaker. He'll be, he'll be closing the symposium, talking about overcoming the challenges of working with rye flour. And, and so his new book will be there. And then all of the authors who were there last year were carrying their books again. Some of them have already been pre-signed. Um, so we will have a nice collection of, of bread books. And, and also our bookstores right across the street from the symposium, so people who want to do a little book shopping can go over there and, and look at categories beyond bread.
2: That sounds amazing. Well, um, Peter, thank you so much, the one and only Peter Reinhart, for joining us on HR and Happy Hour this week. I understand there are still a few tickets left for the symposium, and they can be found on Eventbrite. The dates, again, are April 26th through 28th, And um, we will be, of course, uh, we'll be um, collecting recordings from the sessions that we'll post on our HRN On Tour channel. We'll be doing an Instagram takeover on Friday. And uh, look out for links and content from our sites, but also check out Johnson & Wales University. And um, please uh, look out for this incredible bread sculpture I guarantee it will be (laughs) something spectacular so Peter once again thank you so much for joining us and uh, we're looking forward so much to next week the symposium
6: yeah thanks for having me on and I can't wait to see you guys again next week it was a lot of fun uh, having you there last year and uh, we're just going to try to build on what we started
2: amazing well thank you (laughs) have a great evening and uh, we'll be there so
3: soon
6: great thanks a lot (laughs) Bye bye bye, everybody.
3: So last year at the symposium, I bought Peter's book, uh, *The Bread Baker's Apprentice*, and I still haven't really baked anything out of it because I'm a little scared. But what, this is a thing I'm going to undertake soon. This I'm going to try to ba- I'm going to try to learn how to bake, and I think his book is the one to do it with.
2: I think that cool. that book is is really like the actual bread textbook for a ton of culinary programs. Um, I I love it for just, like, really beautifully written instructions um, mm-hmm. that, like, I, I think it just, like, gave me a lot of confidence, um, especially just around, like, things that are hard to uh, really quantify about mm-hmm. dough. Um, but it's a lot
3: of I, it, pictures and step-by-step mm, stuff. It's,
2: yeah, it, and it's just, like, it's very beautiful. Also, mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, just... I think something about, like, the, the bread community as a whole, um, it's so hands-on and it's so... Um, inherently, like built around sharing, like sharing, Levon and sharing recipes, and um, of course, like breaking bread together with I others. And love of bread. course, there's there, there it she is. is, there she is. <laughs> is. We couldn't make it through. I knew. I <laughs> David's been bursting to
3: play that clip. <laughs>
2: Queen O. What was that? Queen O. What was that?
3: That, our, that our was Oprah. President. That was Oprah Winfrey, who is just named to Time 100 uh, today.
7: Congrats, Oprah.
1: She's listening. As if she needed it. Like she's like, <laughs> I know you guys. I know. <laughs> she's
7: on to the next
2: thing.
5: Uh,
1: so
2: that um, that is our kind of look to the future. The Bread Symposium next week. Um, We're really glad to have another team there. Also, uh, just like shout out to Charlotte because uh, a few HRN folks are about to head your way. And uh, heads up, Bob Peters and Colleen Hughes. I'm sure uh, they will be checking in. Shai Farjian. And then uh, I'm not sure exactly where they'll... Be dining yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Yafo Kitchen will factor in based on our strong, strong recommendations. But um, Charlotte, yes. as we discovered, is really an awesome culinary destination and uh,
3: very under the radar. But I would highly recommend if you are looking for somewhere to go eat well, Charlotte has you. Mm-hmm. If you're ever going to a NASCAR race.
4: Also, shout out to my mom named Charlotte. <laughs> Love you, mom.
3: Hi, David's mom. Oh, that's cute. Uh well next up we wanted to pay our respects to a very important uh, p- person in radio.
1: So as um many of you I'm sure have heard, um the radio legend Carl Castle passed away earlier this week. Um I know that I and probably many of our listeners and the people in this room grew up with Carl Castle's voice being ever present in our homes, um in our cars. Uh, Castle was born in 1934 and got his start in radio when he was just 16 years old. He DJed for a late night music show on his local station uh, and after going to the University of North Carolina and serving in the military he moved to Northern Virginia to spin records while or before a friend persuaded him to take a job at a news station so it's kind of a really great thing to imagine as Carl Castle spinning records that just brought me a lot of joy. Um, And it was in 1975 that he joined NPR as a full-time, or as a part-time employee. Uh, And four years later, he announced the news of the first broadcast of a new show called Morning Edition, which is still going strong and very dear to our hearts. Uh, Over three decades, he became one of the network's most recognized voices. Uh, And his second act, which maybe came as a surprise for everyone who associated him with uh, hard hitting news was that he got a chance to let his hair down as the official judge and scorekeeper on wait, 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 don't tell me. Um, and at the beginning of wait, wait, didn't have a budget for actual prizes for their game. So the prize was having Carl Castle record a message on their answering machine, um, we will certainly miss Carl Castle. He apparently recorded more than 2,000 messages. Oh.
4: They continue that tradition up until recently. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that was
1: still yeah. the prize. Um, and we listened to a couple <laughs> in the office yesterday, and they're so sweet. And he just has like the most soothing, lovely voice. Um, so I, I feel like I will be tuning into NPR to hear some. Um, flashbacks of his career and uh, an obituary for him. So we all owe a lot to Carl Castle and love him very much.
2: I want everybody to go to NPR.org
1: and um,
2: check out the, uh, the beautiful post that they did about Carl, but also scroll all the way down because you can play about five or six of some of his outgoing voicemails. And there's one where he sings, like, oh, he says, I'd like to sing you a little tune. And he <laughs> sings, like, what's up, pussycat? And then um, there's all these, like, very, like, funny, self-deprecating um, little voicemail messages. And it, it's just, like, incredibly charming and, and very sweet to get to hear that in his voice. And, you know, it's just so much a part of, of, like, the beginnings of my understanding of radio and growing up and time in the car and at home. and Yeah. So, um, Carl, you'll be very much missed, but we really appreciate all you've done for public radio.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, so next up, um, we want to talk a little bit. We normally do our HRN headlines on our show, um, but this week we're going to do it a little bit differently and look back at our whole uh, season, our past season. So, Katie, do you want to talk about what your favorite episode or episodes of you know 2018 so far have been yes
2: and i will say that uh my top pick for a favorite episode got uh claimed when we were <laughs> chatting about this in the office so we might all have like some pretty some pretty similar favorites. And also I, I do also have to say that it's really it's really impossible to pick a favorite because <laughs> so many. Uh, you know podcast episodes it depends so much on what kind of mood you're in and what you're going for. And so Context. you know thinking about <laughs> this, yeah, um, thinking about this question, uh, it was like kind of brutal, but I just thought about like what kind of mood I was in this afternoon and what I would want to listen to in that like headspace. And um, you know, thinking back on a really full season, I mean, guys, we have thirty-five shows every week, so that times like roughly twelve is like I can't do math right now because I'm really tired. But it's, it's a like lot, almost five hundred. So it's it's really tough. But um, what I was thinking about, like, with a lot of warmth in my heart this afternoon, was the episode of the line where Eli interviewed his brother Max.
5: And it was was just
2: such a good one because, um, you know, Eli's already a a great interviewer on the line, but it's like he always (laughs) seems to know what question to ask when, when it's his brother. It's his twin brother, right?
3: No. No no, oh, no, no, no.
4: I'm no, kidding. No, no. We have so
2: many twins at each Oh, I thought
4: they were twins. twins. <laughs> not identical, but
3: I don't think they
2: are. Well so his yeah. brother. No, we'll just Max say brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you think I think so. you're right. Because yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he did say my older brother. Yeah. So they're they're, they're, they're cute not twins.
4: though. They're always finishing each other's sandwiches.
2: Oh <laughs> well they're like roommates and they work together and like they they, anyway with with Eli's already great interview style but also knowing so much about Max it was (laughs) was really really good and like he already kind of knew his whole life story but I think they really conveyed like a, a lot about their own family. Um, they talked about like their family Passover and uh, a, a schmaltz fight that they had at summer yeah. camp—a chicken schmaltz That's fight. Disgusting. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that
4: <laughs> makes me feel weird. Uh,
2: awesome, well, no? I thought it was hilarious. Um, and then, of course, uh, <laughs> Max was a, a chef here at Roberta's, and he talked about working with Carlo and like the the very special magic of what makes Roberta's. Um, such an amazing restaurant and like the team culture that exists here. And also uh, what I really love is, you know, Eli does chef interviews, but he really has a keen eye for the business side of things. And then, um, you know, the, the really practical parts of the episodes where he's, you know, asking questions about starting up a restaurant business and, um, and like his guests and especially Max are always really generous about sharing great advice for other new restaurants or existing restaurants. And, um anyway, I just thought like the the tone of the interview was great. Eli's style was great, it was really sweet and um so there there it was um so one of one of many favorites from winter spring twenty eighteen for Love me
3: it. Hannah
1: well, I think Margaret and I have to duke out who is going i i'm gonna I'm doing it <laughs> go I'm doing no, it. wait no, go this ahead is a group so Favorite? go ahead it's it's hard because um. It's hard to pick. It's really hard to pick. The season has been incredible. Um, but there's a something very special about being physically present while something is going on. And if anyone listening has not listened to our coverage from Charleston Wine and Food, you should pretty much just, once this show is over, <laughs> drop everything. No, just turn it off. Just stop. <laughs> just coming off mid-sentence and listen to it because there... It, Kat put together some really amazing panels, bringing together (laughs) some of the most influential voices in the Southern food and seed. And then also some voices that you really won't have heard anywhere else, but have incredible things to say. Uh, and so there were several different panels about traditional Southern food ways, um, One that really stuck in my mind uh, and being in the tent or in the TV while it was going on was amazing, especially as like a lifelong Yankee who's never lived outside of New York, um, (laughs) to be able to like really dig into something like cane syrup, which is what this panel was about. Um, Raising cane. Raising cane. You can search (laughs) that at heritradernetwork.org to uh, listen to the panel. Um, okay, so Kat, help me. So Sean Brock, um, uh, Doc, Glenn, Glenn, Roberts, Glenn Roberts, Doc Phil Thomas, and Jerome Dixon. That's right. And so they're all talking about um, Sapelo Island cane syrup um, and just the rich history and how um, Doc Bill and Jerome are working really hard to preserve uh, this traditional method and also just this amazing ecosystem on Sapelo Island um, and there are amazing sound bites uh, Sean Brock describes Sapelo Island cane syrup as having a new mommy flavor which if that's not intriguing I don't know what is um, I did not grow up with cane syrup being part of my life um, and I <laughs> am excited that it is now a part of my life so that was one of my favorite moments from the season but very hard to choose
3: well, thank you. And also, I grew up eating cane syrup, and yeah. after hearing him describe how he tastes it, it now tastes different to me.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so
3: it was like I learned something. That's amazing. I, I didn't expect to like come away like with uh, big realizations in that panel, but it was surprising have- and yeah. You have a delightful. different taste
7: perspective now.
3: I really do, and it was cool to like taste. What is it? Is this a reference? The song a reference that I'm not I getting. I don't get
4: it. Never, never mind.
7: All right, missed opportunity. <laughs> Margaret, what was your favorite episode? Uh, Well, to sort of piggyback on Hannah's really lovely explanation of Charleston, you were there. You were able to physically sit and listen to these panels and be a part of that experience and really feel it and smell it and taste things. I, however, was on the other end uh, in rainy, awful sort of end of winter New York. (laughs) But <laughs> I felt transported yep, listening to yep, it. Yep. Aww, <laughs> that's, <not quite laughs> that's really how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Well <laughs> done. Um, no, but I, I, Kat, I thought your um, your hosting was incredible. Katie, you were just dynamic. Um, the music was outstanding. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was really great. <laughs> One of my favorite panels, though, out of that whole weekend actually was, I mean, that, the, that the cane sugar was incredible but I loved listening to it was actually the very end on well no it was end of the day on Friday Um, it was Jessica B. Harris Mm -hmm. oh my gosh um, Cherry Bob Channel yeah the Cherry Bob Channel Clancy uh, Miller Miller and um, Sarah Franklin yes and I I was sort of I was sitting in my living room. I had it on my speakers, super loud. I was cooking, like banging pots and pans, but <laughs> I had to put things down because, number one, Jessica, uh, Dr. Harris's voice is just divine. Yes. Um, I, I I just absolutely loved that panel, and I'm sure that you could probably speak to it a little bit more than I could, but um, that was just really something that that I made me think that this is the only place that you could hear heritage heritage radio network network is the only place that you could hear mm-hmm. a discussion like that. you wouldn't maybe you might not be able to hear it at length or in that sort of style anywhere else, and I really thought that like this is why h r n is so important. Um, I just thought that panel was it can, was I, can I swear on this show it was yes fucking, you can. it was fucking outstanding <laughs> uh, yeah. I also want
2: to point out Cat's amazing social media because yeah. HRN Instagram is also, I think, the only place in the universe you could <laughs> catch Dr. Jessica B. Harris and Sarah Franklin and the lovely Clancy Miller yeah. uh, singing Aretha Franklin uh,
3: after oh, the panel. Oh my also. god! Oh, really? So, yeah. Pretty killer. Well done, Kat. I mean, also credit to David
7: for playing the song. Yeah. Yes, he knew exactly what music was going to get them going. <laughs> that so that that was sort of my favorite. of this whole year and I just I started on November 1st at HRN the the best thing that I think I'll I'll do sort of a secondary like favorite is the first HRN happy hour that I ever attended and it was November 16th or something like that maybe we had switched it because of Thanksgiving yeah and Emmy Roth (gasps) Jesus were here. Oh wow, that was and oh, great. Like that yeah. was but that was my first <laughs> ta- <laughs> taste of what HRN and what this team Sort of does on a daily basis, and everybody was here. Everyone, yeah, like even mm-hmm. like Vitor and David were. here. Like everybody was here in the room, and it was cold and it was dark. And did it we was, have pie? That was Orwashers pie. pie. Had pie. It was, we had Orwashers pie. We had ice cream. We had delicious cheese. <laughs> we had a marrow. Well,
2: Margaret, oh. <laughs> <January brought. laughs>
4: Margaret, I've got a surprise for you. What? If you turn to your left and open up that fridge, oh, guess oh, what you're gonna find?
5: Yeah,
7: It was just that was just another one of my favorite things out of this entire, I would say, like academic year, if you will. (laughs) Like it was a really wonderful way to kind of start out my time with you guys, but also really give me a glimpse into and also the listeners into like how you operate and how you describe your love of food and and how that drives you in the station. So that was a really that was a big highlight for me. Nice. Out of the whole year,
3: that was a really great yeah. show.
7: Hearing you describe that just made me have that like
1: that pie. Like, Christmas I'm getting a little, like but, like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. misty eyed right now. Aww. <laughs> feels like um, a long time ago, but really, I know. it's
2: only a few months.
1: We, we We've got done. We I did. just ate that cheese so quickly. So cool. Like, oh, yeah. And there is one Guys, like... I'm
4: serious. Open up the fridge. There's Jordan, cheese
7: in there. Jordan is from Vermont, right? Yeah. And she said something like, there's a, an expression in Vermont that like, oh what, oh, say apple, it, Katie knows it, or you you know it.
1: Apple pie without the cheddar is like a... Oh, a hug without a, hug without
7: a, a sweater. sweater. No, no, it's <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't think that's it, guys. No, there's, but it's so. Uh, wait, no, I, hold on. <laughs> it's, look, oh, it's, it's like, so it's oh, no, apple yes, pie without, without the, the cheese. cheese yeah. It's like a hug without, without the, the squeeze. squeeze. I love that. <laughs> it's the cutest thing I've ever heard A
3: hug
1: without a sweater is fine. <laughs> <I know.
7: laughs>
3: that
1: one's for you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to my sweater twin. What up? Oh,
7: Neil. <laughs> uh, uh, Kat, what about you? Um, I have a few
3: uh th- maybe the <laughs> roberta's Roberta's radio episode where Eric called me out for being a bad bartender. <laughs> Just he didn't kidding. say you
4: were a bad bartender. He just said you were an over-serving bartender. That's he said
3: a, that's good. He that's said good, good, bad. good. And they were
4: debating good. whether or not that's a bad thing.
3: Yeah. Oh. So I'm, I, I'm think I think made, I made it, guys. I made it. You definitely it.
4: over-served. I them, was
3: though. on Roberta's radio. I mean, good whose fault you. is that, really?
4: Breaking real. news: Cat <laughs> Johnson was on Roberta's radio <laughs> <laughs> on Heritage Radio Network.
3: It was <laughs> a big accomplishment for me. In all seriousness, I I really enjoyed our show with. Brian and okay, I'm blanking on their names now. Uh, it was the Great British Baking Show. That was when I had the
5: flu. Yeah, I feel so bad. So bad. It was with that.
1: That was a good one. And Kimber and
3: Brian.
1: I got it. Hart. Yes, Yes. they were amazing. We had so much fun with them. That Um, was a good one. Because I I was like seriously at home
2: crying because I had the flu, and you guys got to do Great British Bake Off.
1: Also, those scones.
3: Yeah. Oh, I really liked it because I mean, we knew they were going to bring some treats and it's always great when our guests bring treats. Love it. Love it. But I was highly, highly
7: encouraged. No to future yeah. guests. By the way,
4: don't come on the show if you're not going to bring treats. Yeah.
3: Like just, just. <laughs> but stay, stay home. I didn't learn until like that day when they showed up that Brian Hart Hoffman is from Birmingham and I was oh. like fellow Alabamian. Like I, it was very exciting. Emma. And then we ran into them like a few weeks later in Charleston for Charleston wine and food and, I think Brian is like become one of my favorite people lately. He's, he's great. And he has a very interesting life story. He was a flight attendant for Alaska airlines and was based in Anchorage. So I was like, that's everyone tells me it's a big change to be from Alabama and live in New York city, but to be from Alabama and live in Anchorage as a flight attendant, that's a big change. That's a really big change, and yeah. then to
1: start a baking magazine—that yeah. is like the most beautiful, delicious thing I've ever seen in my life.
3: I love it, and I made some cinnamon rolls, classic mm. cinnamon rolls from their. They have a special issue and also a second volume of their cookbook out, and the classic cinnamon roll recipe is in both of those. And it was—I mean, it was time-consuming to like let the dough proof and everything, but it would—it turned out they turned out so incredible. So. <sighs> I'm awesome. like, like I said, I'm trying to get more into baking. And you
1: didn't bring us any.
3: I know it was on a weekend, and you know Will he just he ate, ate all of them. All. I mean, I helped, but but I think this whole year has been pretty awesome. And we're definitely off yeah. to a great start in 2018. Yeah, totally.
5: And I and just I, have I,
2: to interject, um, not related to HRN, but because <laughs> you said flight attendant, uh, I feel it's very important for us to give a tip of the hat to Tammy Joe Schultz, pilot from yes. yes. so Southwest Airlines, who last week. Landed yeah. the plane whose engine exploded, uh, and is just a general Bad total ass. badass. Yeah, Women one of the first fly female fighter pilots. Are awesome, and like just
1: was she was so
3: told no like so many times in her career, and she just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept
7: pushing. Mm-hmm. And she's just she's
3: amazing. and then she was
1: like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm just gonna save like hundreds of people's lives." Don't also worry about it. didn't
7: she go to the to the Air Force Academy? That's even harder for a woman to get into. Well, like, she got into it when like they weren't letting women in. Yeah, like that's like one of that is actually the hardest service yeah. academy to get into and as a woman to get into that is mm-hmm. like kind of a feat. Yeah, she's, I can't, so, so, Tammy,
2: if you're listening, come <laughs> have a drink with us. We'd love to
7: buy you a beer and we have some
1: cheese with you. We won't
7: serve you airline food.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like she could give us really good tips on, like, stress management. Like, that's oh, something yeah. I'm always like, when your job is that high pressure, I'm like, okay. I get overwhelmed by things like, you know, my phone ringing and <laughs> A I can't find, find you know, New I can't York find Times the three updates. whole am freaking out. <laughs> There's three food in my fridge <laughs> that I'm not going to have time to eat this week. Like, these are the things that are stressing me out. And I would just love to hear
3: some <laughs> Stress management. Yeah. Well, and, David, do you have any favorite episodes of the yeah. year? Any show?
1: No,
4: I know better than to say anything because I, I engineer most of them. So I don't want to piss anybody off.
7: David is Switzerland. Yeah. Wow. Sure. You
4: sure? I think so. Yeah. I mean, you could I mean,
7: just say it's us. <laughs> Switzerland. Yeah, you could say what's your favorite HR and happy hour? Oh,
4: it's this one.
2: Oh. right here
7: right
4: now. No, so- I, I yeah, I don't know. I've enjoyed all the HR and happy hours this season. I think it's been nice to get everybody on staff and the intern team all in a room together. It's nice when yeah. we get to have our voice go out on the airwaves. You know, we you know, we have so many great hosts and so many great topics that we talk about on the network, but but I think it's really special when all of us get to express our point of view. So
3: yeah. What you're saying is you need to be heard more.
4: Uh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> I yeah. agree. The world needs to hear more, Dave Tabshore. <laughs> the world needs more DJ Dave.
4: No, uh, somehow I doubt that.
3: Oh. Okay.
2: Uh, well Dave,
4: Dave's raves. <laughs> oh, okay. It'll be my daily complaint. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Okay. Oh no. <laughs> on that note. I, I think, think we, we should block a- that. Can you block a podcast? <laughs> Just kidding. I think we should. You literally can <laughs>
5: <laughs> unfollow.
2: Yeah, I'm the one who controls
4: the website, so I guess I could do that.
2: Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Guess how long you'll keep controlling that website uh. for.
4: Guess what? Just changed the passwords.
2: Sorry. Is this a coup? Guys, guys, guys. Um, No, Dave, I, you know, I was, I think, one of the first people to review your podcast on iTunes and I gave it five stars. What's what's that called again? What's What's the the story? story? Everyone should
3: please subscribe and review.
4: Yeah. If you're interested in fiction and storytelling and humor. It's
3: a a podcast about Dave's love of the band Oasis.
4: No, no. Yes. No, it's not.
7: Yes. What's the story? What's the Morning story? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and when we w- come back, podcast. we com. to go, we are gonna go. come back and we're gonna do trivia
3: about garlic because today is National Garlic Day. Be right back.
4: WTSpodcast.com. S-
5: w- <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> will cease to exist. If I come into a like this.
6: Super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud
4: sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
3: Thank you, (laughs) Roberta's. All right, we're back. I'm Kat. I'm here with Katie, Hannah, and Margaret. Yo. And me. And David. And Gruyere. And And now...
1: I'm and literally now, cutting the cheese right now.
3: Oh, <laughs> Excuse yeah. you. All right, right now we're going to play trivia, and Margaret is going to be our trivia master. Oh, also, shout out to our intern, Ooh, Sarah good. Strong, who wrote the trivia today. And, and today was her birthday. Today her, her birthday. Happy Sarah. birthday, Sarah.
7: Yeah. Woo. All right. All right. Are you all ready? So for I us? just threw a
2: knife. It's all good. It's Alrighty. fine, guys. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I'm so ready.
7: Margaret has to pour beer first. A little
5: bit of beer. All right. I you guys be- ready? ready? Today is
7: National Garlic Day. Whoop whoop. And we bet you the didn't know that. The day of my that. people. We bet you didn't know that, David. The day of Tadatashore's people. Tadatashore. Tadatashore. Hey. But now, I'm just reading this out loud for the first time, so bear with me. But now you probably want to pick up some ingredients for garlic bread on the way home, so we thought we'd give you some fun facts about our favorite allium. Ooh, it is an allium because it's a bulb. (laughs) By the way of trivia,
4: keep keep it together.
7: (laughs) Alliums are one of my favorite flowers. They're beautiful. Actually, if you ever see an allium, like those large purple
2: balls, they're like four to six feet high. Yeah,
7: that's actually part of the garlic family. Okay. Can you eat those, the flowers? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so.
2: I love. love chive blossoms. I think they're the unappreciated mm. edible flower. They are
7: delicious. Okay, garlic has a lengthy history dating back 6,000 years. Um, that's crazy. To what part of the world is garlic <gasps> indigenous? I want to say
3: like, oh, we have a,
7: Oh, yeah, A. Oh, oh, it's multiple choice. Yeah, it's, oh. it's a multiple choice. A, Northern Africa. B, Eastern Europe, C, Central Asia, or D South America.
3: I wanna say A. Northern Africa. TikTok.
1: I'm like really stuck between Eastern Europe and Northern Africa because of the vampire myth. Interesting
3: theory. Mm, That's pretty recent though, right?
1: I don't know.
2: I also feel like Asia could be what was the Asia? Was it what region of Asia?
7: I'll I'll read them off again, right? A. Northern Africa B. Eastern Europe C. Central Asia Central Asia D. South America Central Asia is like Where is indigenous? Where does garlic come from? I
3: feel like it's northern Africa
7: Yeah Are we
3: pretty sure that it's not Latin American?
7: I don't Could th- be. think so David let's get some music because I feel like I no that'll stress me I out.
1: feel like garlic uh. was a part of like European culture before oh, no. they like destroyed South America <laughs> yeah and I don't think va- I don't
4: think garlic led to the vampire myth that was like porphyria that that spawned that. Okay. We don't know
1: where we're landing.
3: Okay, so North maybe Africa? North Africa. That's
2: the North only one Africa. we haven't
3: like had a reason. We can all to pick different yeah. answers too. All right, I'm uh, gonna know, give you. Are we
2: all on the same team here?
3: I don't know. I say, music's I say, I say end. I say North Africa in life. North. Yes.
7: Yeah, let's go with North Africa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? The wrong. C. Central Asia.
3: Oh man, nice. that's that's the one that I was like. I feel like this is a trick question. Yeah. You wouldn't think it's Central Asia, but how interesting is that? That is very. What So it probably came along
7: the silk road mm. yeah and went through like pasta went to italy so david unfortunately yeah. it's not your people's uh bulb
2: do you uh, guys watch um, marco polo <laughs> on netflix <laughs>
1: no. i tried
2: it's pretty violent but if you
1: yeah it's, i used it's to play that
7: game when we would swim <laughs> mm, pretty much the same yeah same thing. okay ready number two <laughs> Name two out of the five countries that produce the most garlic. Ooh, two
3: out of the five.
7: Uh, uh, a China. Oh, we.
2: Well, this is like fifty-fifty. Okay, Wait, go yeah, ahead. how does what? this huh.
7: is really because actually this there's the there's the, no answer here.
2: Are you sure you want to read us these the the choices? There's no answer.
7: There's nothing highlighted, so I'm sorry. Let's skip this question. Okay, great. Can we speculate? This? China, I bet the yeah. U.S.
1: is on there, and and uh... I can
3: Google it. We'll come back to it.
1: Well, I can give you a hint
7: for the number one country that produces the most garlic: Brazil, okay. Spain. What's the country that has the biggest population of people in the whole world? India, China, China. Yes, oh. that's the number one country that produces the most garlic. Number two, I don't know. There's no answer here. China. How did just... you
2: just know number one like that?
7: because there's a number one next to it. Oh, so it is listed in the top five. Okay, great oh. work, everybody. <laughs> okay, Let's, what's the next this question? This is a little confusing. Okay, number three. Which one of these terms has not been used as a nickname for garlic?
2: Ooh, a trick question.
7: A, Brooklyn vanilla.
5: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's we'll it. Us, we'll, that one. B, Mediterranean
7: <laughs> medicine. C, Italian perfu- perfume. <laughs> or D, Stinking rose, it's Brooklyn, vanilla, Brooklyn is vanilla is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> which one has? Which one of these terms has not been used? But like, as I feel a like Brooklyn vanilla is so negative. crazy that
4: it probably is true. Well, it's
7: really hard to prove. Can you, you read it them either. all yeah. again? Brooklyn vanilla. We're gonna go with Mediterranean.
3: Mediterranean
7: medicine. I, medicine.
5: I bet it's that Italian yeah.
7: perfume. That's kind
3: of racist, isn't it? Mediterranean
5: medicine whoa, or no, Italian
3: <laughs> perfume? Uh, no. Yeah.
2: no, it
7: depends if you think garlic smells good or not. I
2: guess. It
4: depends whether you have any respect for me or not.
7: I mean, it, it's slightly racist, but it's probably archaic. Yeah, if it's yeah, true. yeah. Um, instinct. Cult- I think we
1: can just say it's yeah, culturally insensitive. I think it's Mediterranean
7: yes, medicine yeah. is the answer to this question because, like, I think you're
2: right.
3: Somebody obviously wrote Brooklyn Vanilla.
2: Yeah, it's too that's vague. Too
4: obvious.
3: Bru- Mediterranean medicine is too vague. What is it? Okay. okay what's the final answer? Mediterranean medicine. You are correct. Yes. yes.
7: Brooklyn Vanilla. It's I, I I know that because that. I have heard that term in my in my so family. Weird. Yeah, and an no. Italian perfume too. Hey, Long Island. Yeah. yeah, Long Island. Anyway, all right. Number four. Which major U.S. city was named for a Native American word for g- garlic?
5: Huh.
1: Do we have? 27? I don't know why, but the word
2: They're Albuquerque all... just came into my head.
1: Uh,
3: so I, I, don't, I don't. You have to right. guess this
1: one, all right. and
7: I'll give you the answer. A major U.S. city that's
3: named for the Native American word for garlic. But
1: didn't we just say that garlic is not indigenous to the? It's not. How does that work?
2: Well, it doesn't mean it didn't come here. Get here yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Exactly. It came over Humans the Bering Strait. That's
3: a really good question, Hannah. <laughs> There's a lot of history of garlic that we don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, okay. could have gone anyway. Major U.S. city named for the. Okay, so would it? Do we
1: have choices? No, no. we don't. We oh, just have to
3: Albuquerque is an interesting idea. How, this it's is just kind
7: like... of a little nutty.
3: How how uh, big of a
7: city is it? I'll give you a hint. It's a very large Midwestern city. Oof!
4: I just googled it, so I know what it is. I'm not going to say it.
7: Very large Midwestern city. Very large Midwestern city. Chicago. You are correct. Ah! What? (laughs) That is so surprising.
3: Named after the
7: wild garlic that grew around Lake Michigan, called Chicha Chicha Gayo. Guy uh, Wow. How? Also, I, I. That's awesome. Is Chicago really the Midwest?
2: Yeah.
5: I don't oh, I would oh say so. yeah. Totally yeah. the yeah. Midwest. Yeah. Totally Completely. Midwest.
2: Why? Yeah. Why I, don't, I just
1: think. Did you think it was the East Coast?
2: No, I just thought it was like, I, I don't know. What? I think I'm thinking
7: of the West West.
4: Yeah, uh, okay. I'm gonna, um, hang, I'm gonna hang a map in the studio. <laughs> yes,
7: thank <laughs> you. Number five. In what month is the Gilroy Garlic Festival held in Gillet or Guay, California, the self-proclaimed garlic capital of the world? In what month
1: is there a garlic festival in California?
3: There's,
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess is there October. A month that starts with a G,
4: so we can okay. stick with the alliteration?
1: Mm. Well, there's also a garlic festival in the Hudson Valley in yeah, Socrates, is. which is awesome. They have garlic ice cream. Y'all should check it out. <laughs> Ooh, and I garlic, f- garlic, garlic
2: pickles. Mm, yeah, garlic ice it's cream. the best
1: thing ever. Um, and I feel that?
2: like it's in the fall. I would say like, like September, September, October. That's like garlic harvest time. Yeah, like, so I'm going to assume would, yeah. that the California one is also around garlic harvest time. Mm. But um, they have a difference. But the, I
5: would say
3: oh. it's
7: probably think um, about think about California. No, March is and their like garlic seasons. planting
3: time. January. Mm. Mm. June.
7: Another J. July. July. Yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Number 6. In what oh, country? More. In what country was the World Garlic Eating Competition held in 2013? That's got to be Italy. And in 2014? Oh. Uh, garlic, the World Garlic Eating Competition in was what country? Is that where country? you just like chow on China
1: garlic? China. I'm going to say I was about I think China. Oh, I was going I was going to Italy.
7: Okay, so we have China, Italy, or Greece. China. No, Italy. Spain. All right. The final answer is, the, the real answer is England. Ew. Is that, isn't That's that interesting? Shocking. That is interesting. Is that you were never going
2: to get that. Needs garlic.
7: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, seven. What is the scallion-like neck of some types of garlic called? That little bit of, that oh, little well, thing that comes out of the garlic. Yeah, it's the scape. Is that your final answer? Sure,
3: yeah, I don't know. You, That's you what are it correct. Is. Yeah,
7: wow. <laughs> escape and you you
2: can.
1: And garlic eat scapes that. are in yeah. season right now. Some okay. people uh, say in a few s- months. Well, okay. depends
2: like it's right now. It's like,
1: yeah.
7: Some people say that, in some like, places, when your
2: garlic perhaps. starts
7: sprouting, that it's bad. But like, you can actually take that and it's really lovely if you mince it up and mm-hmm. put it in hmm. in your uh, if you sauté it up. It's I love so garlic. good. I love garlic.
1: Too. Um, I can no longer digest garlic. Oh, yeah, it sucks.
7: All right. True or false? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. Wow. Wow. I feel for you. True or false? Garlic is a leech repellent.
1: Yeah, uh, sure. Why not?
5: Well,
7: but it's like kind
2: of water soluble and leeches are in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. so. That's a fair point. But if you're just it's wading through the not, I, I, I might right, say Dana yes, Scully. but not like an effective one. True Lute or true, or true repellent? Or true not? repellent, but not effective
7: all right well, no actually, it's false actually garlic oh. attracts leeches oh no what? whoa yikes yeah they're coming uh,
5: have you ever got have you no guys no ever had a why. leech on you yes, yes. i yeah. have had
2: nope. probably hundreds it's Ugh. uh i grew up so we once. moved to maine when i was a kid and i didn't know that a leech was a thing and i went to summer camp and Ooh, i got one on freshwater me. Freshwater and like oh my god like and i you just thought I, it was your buddy? I thought it was mud and it wouldn't like wipe off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and, real creepy. And, and like, I just like really ripped it off. And then I had like, it was bad. Yeah. I had like a big wound. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, my friend, like my best friend growing up, we she lived above this pond and we would go swimming and there were just like a zillion you know, leeches. But now I know how to get so, rid
3: of them.
4: Is this why you were so averse to uh, the, the worm episode? Don't the talk
3: about that. speak that of that updated? again. Do you guys know what the nickname That's, for leeches are? No. Mediterranean th- medicine. Oh, oh
7: snap. <sighs>
3: no, that's medieval medicine.
2: Just
7: kidding. That was pretty good though. Thank All you. right. Oh god. Okay. Yeah, we gotta cool. talk about something else. Let's last get back to garlic. Flute okay, man. what
2: type Flute of metal can help beer. remove
7: the smell of garlic from your hands? I know. Okay. What was the what question? T- what <laughs> type of metal can help remove the smell of garlic yeah. from your hands? Oh, one. No.
1: Copper.
7: Tick-top. I know it. Can I say it? Tick.
2: Do it. How- yes. stainless steel
1: yay you win Ooh. okay wait what does that mean so you see like if you would like rub up a- yeah. yeah so like sometimes um, they, have those they, the they have a little like thing. stones yeah they you have this thing that
2: looks like a, a, a bar soap but it's made of stainless steel and you just like rub your hands on it Whoa. but also you can buy this thing I forget who makes it right now because I um, am a little bit brain dead at the end of the season but it's uh <laughs> it's like a garlic press but it's a garlic rocker and it's huh. uh it's a it's a famous it's not a lessie oh, yeah. but it's I know one what of you're those. Talking about Yeah, and you um you just like press down and it's essentially like a little grid that garlic presses mm-hmm. for you. But that happens to be made of stainless steel, so if you use that, then you inherently have garlic smell on your hands, but then when you wash your hands you just use water and that thing. And oh, cool. it so cool. really works.
7: I didn't know that. But what if you want it to smell? Yeah. Like I garlic. thought it was then you, you rub garlic all want over Italian yourself and perfume? stay far away from stainless steel. <laughs> what if you want to rub that Italian perfume all over
1: you? Do, it. <laughs> oh, do it. it. I feel like we're going to get some nasty grams. <laughs> uh, I don't care.
7: Um, I do it. Rub I that never, Italian I
4: perfume thought, all over you.
7: I, I never thought that that, I thought that was just like a, a fake thing that like was a, you know, it was like snake oil, bath and beyond. You know, no, it mean? really works snake
1: oil do they sell snake oil at bed bath and beyond just
3: like fake you know what
5: i mean no
3: i think you can only get those from Uh, snake oil sales i think
2: this is like an interesting food entrepreneur idea of like somebody make a product called snake oil we'll talk about it gross you can come on our show
7: last question you you guys
5: oh my god there's a snake in the Uh, studio uh,
7: snakes are actually an omen for good for good Like, shedding skin, change is going to happen.
4: Margaret is so wise. (laughs) But we all knew that.
7: If your garlic has sprouted, will its flavor be stronger or weaker? Weaker. David, let's get some music for this one. Let's talk it out. Weaker. Okay, Okay. it gets weaker, yeah. I think weaker. And
2: also, like, the sugars are getting used up, so it'll be less sticky sweet.
7: Okay, so you say weaker... We're all going I, with that. Well, it
2: depends what you mean by flavor, but yeah,
7: it does yeah. get kind of like a Will little the flavor. Be stronger it can taste or a weaker. little like.
2: Nostalgic. Yeah, isn't that
4: subjective though?
7: That's I would say like flavor, garlic flavor. Like how garlicy? Garlicness. Yeah, because that can be pretty. Um, I'm not sure then because I
2: think the biggest change is the sugar that gets used up to make the sprout, and I don't know if the lack of sugar makes it more garlicky or less garlicky. What do you think?
1: So I feel like it, I feel like the flavor is less garlicky. All right. Mm. final answer less less Less. so
7: stronger or weaker weaker Weaker. Weaker. alright final answer is you are correct weaker it will have and it will have lost some of its many health benefits Mm. Um, but it's still safe to eat
3: people are like worried that if it sprouts it's not safe to eat
7: can I give a plug about garlic yeah and and then I have a fun fact Okay. okay
3: My plug about garlic is there is a really 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 great short documentary by Les Blank called Garlic is as good as ten mothers, and mm. it it's about Alice Waters used to do uh, garlic dinners in like the 80, 70s or eighties. I'm not sure. It's been a while, but it's really really good because she used to like the entire tasting menu involved garlic in every single course, and one course was just literally a head of roasted garlic.
5: Ooh, and Yeah.
3: And the like documentary talks about that and it talks about people who are like obsessed with garlic and it's really 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 good and you should find it and watch it cool yeah on it
7: i'm gonna watch that (laughs) all right fun fact um the fear of garlic is the is called uh allium phobia
3: Uh, i don't have that
7: yeah (laughs) okay but I didn't come up with that. It was here on the paper. But does <laughs> snake oil cure allium phobia? It does, Probably. actually. You, you can get it at the Bath Beyond. Me me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we will have enough arm. time to get there, but you know. Yeah, sorry. That was, that was really was fun trivia. That's really good. I like that,
2: that. that. I'm excited about eating something really garlicky tonight. Yeah. Ooh,
7: yeah. I'm pretty sure they have uh, garlic on pizza here. Yeah. It's so mm. good. I might go
2: home and make some olio olio pasta. Yeah, I love some. I have some, actually, just like shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Gustiamo, because I have some pretty legit spaghetti from Gustiamo in my pantry right now. Yes, Yes. sounds so good. And so I might, I might do some aglio and olio pasta.
3: Garlic it up. All right. So this is the end of our season. We are taking a break next week, but we are going to be back a week early on May 3rd. Our guests are going to be, we are, it's on the calendar. Check it out. Okay. Our guests are going to be very, very, very special. They are our last class of Saxby radio scholars Um, There are five of them. One graduated from high school last year, Nicole. Um, So we're going to see what she's up to out of out of high school, what she's doing with her life. And then our other four are rising are about to graduate from high school. And they have a lot of exciting news to share about what they've done with their senior year and what they're going to be doing after they graduate high school. So we're super excited to have them back in the studio. Um, and then on May tenth,
2: oh. I also want to say that we are going to have some exciting news on that yes, episode we will. as
3: well. Stay tuned. And what on is it? we are,
5: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. yeah.
2: What
4: is it? Suspense.
5: We'll tell Suspense. you next
3: week. Next week.
2: You
4: tell me after Tune
3: the show. Tune in. No. Tune in. And on you already know it. May tenth, our guests are going to be oh. Bill Addison and Priya Krishna, um, yeah, two food writers nice. who are like my favorite. So that's really really exciting and. Uh, that's all for our season. Thanks again to Peter Reinhardt for calling in today. To tell us about the second annual international symposium on bread in Charlotte. We're super excited to be covering that again. Um, thanks to Katie. Thank you, Kat. Hannah. Thanks, Margaret. Kat. Thank you. David.
4: Thank you, Roberta's.
3: Thank you, Roberta's.
2: All right. <laughs> thanks to everybody who's been... Part of a remarkable yeah. season, and our whole
7: yeah. class of interns who've all been right ridiculously dickics, amazing, hanging out. Um, Appreciations to our sponsors, underwriters, and all of the members. Yes. And of course, you, the listener.
5: And oh.
3: That's the perfect way to end
7: it. <laughs> See you in two weeks.
1: Awesome.
3: HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage.